Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Nick Davis! Nick Davis! I don't believe it! I see it, but I don't believe it! Welcome to another episode of I See It But I Don't Believe It. I am Gemma Bastiani. Obviously, I'm very much enjoying doing these while in self-isolation because there's no live footy on, so why not talk about great matches of the past? Um, Today, I am joined by past guest, good friend, Geelong supporter, Tom Tom Reid. Hello. Hey, it's me. Hello. How you doing? Hey, what's going on? I'm oh, I miss footy. Yep. I definitely know that feeling. <laughs> uh, it's like I was thinking to myself the other day. I was doing okay with the lack of football, um, and then like literally yesterday, I was like, "Oh, it's coming up to Easter," uh, and then I was like, "Oh, Easter Monday. Oh, no footy on Easter Monday." Yeah, that's a big one. Oh, no footy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's no it, good. Yeah. Like, we understand why, but it still sucks. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm... Look, I am a full 100% locked down. Do not fucking go outside. Gil, don't you even think about playing a football game until everything is sorted. Don't do what the NRL are doing. <laughs> unless you're going to put everyone on an island, in which case, I fully endorse <laughs> Footy Island. Footy Island. Uh, which Big fan which of Footy would be island. just Tasmania, right? Well... Maybe maybe it's um what's that island um with the pine tree is the flag that's like up somewhere, it's like, um New Caledonia Falkland oh the Island. Falkland Islands no 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 I, yeah are they ours I don't know I'm not into they geography. belong to us I don't know anything about geography. they have that weird like you can only get there on like a boat and it's like you got a oh shit I was a hot cross bun <laughs> yes Tom's been eating a hot cross bun the whole time we've been chatting so far. And we've been chatting for a good half an yes. hour before we actually, 45 minutes actually, before we actually started recording. So There was technical difficulties and also I was doing other stuff for you. Yeah, so you were. No. I'm not, I'm not um, complaining, I'm just saying. Um, so, hey. for, those pe- yeah. for those people who don't know you, uh, can you tell us who yes. you are and what you do? Um, so I am Tom. I go for Geelong. I'm wearing my Geelong. You are. It's really cute, and I'm. I took and a photo. It's very cute. I just. I needed to do it. I needed to get it out there. Put it on. Uh, I've got three to choose from. This is my at home jumper that I wear when I watch footy on the <laughs> telly. Uh, 
Actually, that's not true. I've worn my jumper once this year, and that was round one. I wore it to watch the Giants-Geelong men's game. Uh, it was too hot at the women's games to wear my jumper. I get too sweaty, so I wear a cap. And a I did wear a Swans Guernsey um, watching the Swans in round one as well, actually. I wore my Kurt Tippett Guernsey, which is famous or it's notorious more than anything. <laughs> Who's that number now? James Rowbottom, which is great. I share a birth. Hey, I share a birthday with James Rowbottom. Do you want to know the difference, though? What? He was born in two thousand. <laughs> I was born in nineteen ninety. <laughs> but we have the same birthday. Yeah, yeah, man. People born in two thousand playing footy. Ah, I feel old. Yep. <laughs> feel so old. Anyway, so yeah, I'm Tom. I go for Geelong. I love footy, and um, I am a co-host of a podcast called How Good's Footy. Um, you can listen to that on iTunes right now. Uh, there are no new episodes at the moment uh, because we record episodes to talk about games that have just happened and obviously with no games happening, we're just taking a little bit of a break during self-isolation. Um, but I'm, I'm on the Sans Pants Radio Network. They have a whole bunch of podcasts that you can listen to during these isolating times. Yeah. That I am on some others yeah, as well. Yeah, and I've guessed it on How Good's Footy before. Yes, it is a great show. It is um, nowhere near as factual as anything Gemma does. So just full disclosure, if you're about to listen to How Good's Footy um, because you like what Gemma does or you listen to like Play on Radio, don't expect facts. But it's fun. But just it's fun. Don't. It's fun. It's fun. We, we often are talking about Warwick Kappa's hair um, uh, and whether players that would be, you know, really good in Marvel films, I suppose, you know, all that kind of good stuff. We also love celebrations, you know, it's just all we're about. Hair and, and you celebrations. Love and we love women's footy. We're big uh, we are big fans of women's footy. Uh, we're getting very excited this year um, because it was going off. We were also at How Good's Footy, we are big fans of um, Taylor Harris threatening to punch everyone. Which if you've if you've love listened it. to any episode I've done with uh, Joel Dusha, you will know all about that. Oh yeah. yeah. Um Speaking, speaking of fan. women's footy, can you tell us what we're talking about today before I see it, but I don't believe it? We are talking about uh, the first ever game of AFLW played at GMHBA Stadium uh, for the first game that Geelong played. The inaugural introduction for Geelong Cats women's to play in the women's comp you last, sh- year. last year. That was the Last most year. complicated way of saying that. Geelong's yeah, I started first saying it women's and I f- match. And I, f- and I fucked up how to speak. <laughs> Something you're definitely known for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the first... I can't even say it now. The first women's game featuring Geelong. Yeah. Um, and we were both there. Yes. Was I, was, I was sitting in the sun. You were not. No, I got there early um, because my parents were very excited. Uh, the the thing that the one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this was like the game was exciting, but it was the vibe and the atmosphere at the ground was yeah. off chops. Everyone was so excited. I got to have an ice cream. Yes. It was at the footy. You don't get to eat ice cream all the time at the footy because it's often cold. We're going to have you know, to talk about this ice cream so much. I've oh, heard, oh, yeah. It's... I've heard more about this ice cream from you than... Any men's player of your team. Whoa, that's big. I think that's I, true, though. It was a good ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I I remember getting to this game uh, before the gates even opened, and we had to wait outside for like forty minutes to even be let into the ground. It was like there was so much hype about this, but let's actually get into the actual specifics of it. Um, yeah. So, Geelong's first game in the AFLW was the season opener of the opener of the twenty nineteen season. It was yep. down at GMHBA Stadium in Geelong, and it was against Collingwood. Who you notoriously hate. You have a war on Collingwood. Hey, yeah, we do. I I will say this, and it'll get me in trouble. I don't hate them as much as the other two hate them, but I, my real beef is with Eddie Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of us have a beef with Eddie Maguire. <laughs> so, you know, there are a lot of players. Actually, you know what? There's not a lot of players for the men's team that I like. There's players for the women's team that I like. Uh, I like Mason Cox, and I like Brody Grundy, and I like... But you don't like Collingwood as a as a as a rule. You don't like Collingwood as a as a rule. No, nah, no. Get in the bin. Get so the it bin. was good that we were playing them first up because uh, the first in the record books it would forever have Geelong defeated Collingwood by sixty hundred points. I mean, not accurate, but we'll, close. We'll keep going. Um, <laughs> the thing that was really special about this, it wasn't just that it was women's footy. It wasn't just that it was the first expansion team in women's footy or anything like that. The way the town got around this Geelong team was incredible. Well, that's the thing is that we'd... Geelong, as a, this is the best thing. I'm really biased and I love my team. But one thing I think that Geelong have as a club and as a team going for it that no other club has going for it in the AFL is that we are in a small country town mm. and it is just us. Yeah. We're really weird in that way. We've got a bespoke ground. So when the team's up and about, the town is up and about. And when you go down to that ground, there's a, such a great atmosphere down there. And I think, look, I'm going to say it. I reckon if, if you're wanting to get those that, that blend of um, using rural grounds for like women's footy, GMHBA Stadium is the perfect ground for women's footy. It is not a big crazy ground, but it is the facilities are still big enough that it's like playing at the G or Eddie Had or what uh, Eddie Had Marvel or whatever. But yeah, it's still bespoke and it still kind of feels like a country footy ground. And I think you know there are two others that I could say. Um, I think Icon Park, Princess Park, definitely is like yep, that. Yep. And I think Giant Stadium is like that. Having been to all three, I think they're very similar. Yeah, I, I mean, we can, can we sit, seat more than Giants and Icon? Uh, yes, because you're 40,000, yeah? Uh, no, nah, not quite. Close. Oh, then I think Giants I mean, might be bigger. We're 36 or 38. I think And I think Giants if we... I think when they finish, the, the last part of the renovations they're doing at the Ablett End... That'll bring it up to 42,000. Yeah, I think then you'll be bigger than Giants. Anyway, we'll check into that. But I know that yeah. Icon Park is like 24. But yeah, the the, the other the thing is that our stadium, the town, everything kind of links in together. So that when the hype for this first game was massive because it was the first game, mm. the first time an expansion club was coming in, all of that stuff. But also this town was getting on board because it, we'd had... But this team wasn't new, new. A lot of the players in it had played in the VFLW season the year before. And the town had got around them then. What they'd often do for Geelong home games is you'd get the men's VFL team, the women's VFL team, and then the men's AFL team playing in like a triple header across a Saturday afternoon, which was fucking awesome. That's perfect, Um, yeah. So there was already a fair bit of buy-in from the town with the team, which which is good. Um, and I think that helped translate to a really good opening 
game and a good atmosphere for the first game. Yeah, and I think there were things that Geelong as a town did really well. There were things that Geelong as a club did really well to integrate and like really promote them. So I believe the Geelong advertiser had a 16-page spread all yep. about the women's team before this game happened, which is incredible because Melbourne flipping newspapers don't do anything like that ever. Um, that I, I will incredible. say this. The Geelong advertiser having a 16-page spread on a sport in Geelong is not unusual because there's not a lot happening. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that paper right now must be like this big, like tiny. <laughs> but they really did get around the women's team. and No, nah, they did. They did other things. Like I've got a um, – obviously because I drove down, I've got a ticket that they handed out, right? Mine's on my fridge. Yeah. So who's your player on yours? Uh, I think I've got Beck Goring on mine. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, um, what... The VFL inaugural captain and then was technically the captain for this game because Mel Hickey was injured. Yeah, Um. so who you stole from my team. Um. Heading into this game, obviously they, f- they were free. Hopefully next year they're not. Um. But they handed out these like little bits of memorabilia, which was really great. And then on the back, it was like where you can get AFLW merch, which is something that there's not much of around. And like they had a lot trying to like integrate them into the club. Yeah, I think what what also helped, I think, with this strategy too and the launch of it is that I think it was the season that we got the women's comp. It might have been just the season before. Uh, the women's team, not the women's comp, sorry. Geelong's main uh, clothing sponsor became Cotton On. Yeah. We're based in Geelong. And Cotton On also do all of the uniform for the AFLW. Yeah. Yeah. So it was this perfect melding of the brand that does all of our kit and clothing mm. also does all the kit and clothing for the AFLW. So they were already ready to go. Yeah. Day one, a great range of stuff. Mm. Um. You know, I'm very biased, but I think I think as a club and a community, I think we nailed getting the hype and getting people up and about and involved. And um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. It's I good. D- as a neutral, I was so impressed going down there. I I'd, I'd been to Cadinia Park before for Swans games, um, which we like to win down there. Um, but did you win one last year? No, you didn't. Maybe. Oh. Did you win one last year? No. That was the first time in a long time. Uh, it was the year before with the Josh Kennedy went insane in the last quarter. And and Robbie, Robbie Fox took an incredible mark in the final quarter. Oh, it gave me life. Anyway, we're talking about women's footy. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Going down, the vibe was incredible. I had the best time at this game. It was so good. And yeah. um, now we're going to talk through it. So, um, context. Geelong's list build strategy as compared to oh. North Melbourne's going into this yes. as the two expansion clubs was a big talking point, wasn't it? It was uh, similar to, if you think, to the men's most recent expansions, the Gold Coast v. the GWS approach. Yep. Geelong went for, I, and again, I think it also, Geelong's strategy, uh, recruitment strategy, also sat behind their pitch to the AFL to be included into the into the as an expansion club yeah so their main pitch and i think one of the reasons they got over the line ahead of other clubs was that they were like we're going to target players in the barwon region so in our area in our community um it's one of the best things that the men's comp has going for it is that we're able to lure the likes of gary rowan Dangerfield, Lockie henderson players who've been from the area back jack stephen you know we, we do a bit of that so Using that as the base to build the team made sense. They drafted a lot of players who were playing in the 
uh, VFL team already. I think most of the players are in the VFL team already. Yeah. And the marquee players we went for were players from the area. So we went and got uh, Mel Hickey from Melbourne. We went and got – well, we took mostly players from Melbourne. Correct. I just went through my brain. I was like – Aaron Hall. Mel Hickey. Anna Teague. Aaron Hall. Teague. Rochelle Cranston. Uh, Cranston. You, uh, you wow. got the max out of Melbourne. Yeah. We, we went pretty hard for, after Melbourne. But then the other thing we did is we went after players like uh, Phoebe McWilliams, who played for the Giants, but plays for the Hawthorne VFL team and wanted to be based in Victoria again. Yep. Geelong went, look, we're not Melbourne, but you can play with us. Yeah. She went, okay. Um, and She didn't play in this line, game, though. No, she did not. She was, she was still injured. <laughs> she she? was, was she a late s- out. That's right. With the hand injuries that she's been no, playing. No, it was a hamstring injury. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> She broke her hands later. later. She was later that's right. on. She's, yeah. That's right. And she's had issues with her hands since, I think. I think there's been games she's missed with like hand injuries at the last minute. Yep. Uh, but she was laid out. Um, but yeah, so she came down that way, throwing a lifeline to, not lifeline seems strong, but giving M- Meg McDonald another crack mm-hmm. um, after she'd been doing this about the Bulldogs. And I think the strategy was we're not going to go for the names, we're going to go hard at the draft. We're going to pick the players that we've got that we've built sort of the infrastructure around locally. We're going to take players that exist who are from the region. I think the one the one marquee player they were gunning for they didn't get was Lily Mithen. Yes, um, which I am very yeah. happy about. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I think she was – because she played for the VFL. No, she, she played for uh, Casey, Casey or Darabin. She didn't want to leave – and the idea was that for her to come across, she couldn't continue to play at VFL level that's at, right, for the team that's she right. wanted to play for. So um, she stayed at Melbourne, which uh, makes me very happy. And, but you still got four Melbourne players, so um, be happy we with did. that. And technically, Mayor Ray Clifford. Yeah, she was your leading goal kicker and then got delisted anyway. So, Hey, it turned out okay. She played in an undefeated Fremantle team this year. <laughs> She did different role, which uh, I don't, like, yeah, this is going to sound callous. I don't think we missed her in our lineup. I don't think she would get a spot based on who we were playing. No, probably not. Um, we our, our team, our team, just as well, just as we we're getting going, <laughs> the team we had just before everything shut down was such a good team. Yeah, like we had the right balance of what we needed, except for Nina Morrison going down. But we're talking about last year. Um, yes, talking about last year. So the list build effectively was even spread, build from the ground up as a group, rather than based around one or two key players. Which yeah, and and go to the draft and go big in the draft. Yeah, which worked really effectively for you. Um, so the Pies, your opponent for the for the evening. Um, they'd lost effectively their whole forward line to expansion, but to the other expansion club in North Melbourne. So yep. they'd lost Emma King, Mo Hope, Jasmine Garner. They'd also lost Jess Duffin and a few other key players. Um, they were and Malloy decim- was out injured? Yes. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting my years mixed up now. I'm getting like questioning myself. But yeah, so Colin- Time is meaningless. Collingwood had been decimated, but they also hadn't been overly impressive in the first couple of years. And they had never won the season opener or their round one match. They'd never won a match within the first three rounds of a season. And they weren't about to start. <laughs> so, um, oh, and the other thing about Geelong, you know, just a, a casual drafting of Nina Morrison. Oh, yeah, just just picking up 
an absolute gun. For, well, the, the best thing was we didn't have the issue we had this year where uh, McAvoy was like, actually, mm. I want to go to the Metro because I want to move into state. The best player in the draft was like, no, I'm from Geelong. I want to stay in Geelong. Um, Sorry, Mac- so that was that Mac- was really good. McAvoy wanted to study uni in Melbourne, so that's yes, why correct. she chose what did Metro. I say? You said move into state. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. It's basically like moving into state. Coming up from Geelong. <laughs> yeah, coming up from Geelong. I'm so glad you say coming up from Geelong. So many people say, oh, you're going up to Geelong this weekend. No, like, it's south. Where the fu- where the it's f- down. It's Yeah, where do you think Geelong is? It's not that way. <laughs> it's that way. Anyway. It's down. Um, it's down. So let's talk about the game because Nina Morrison's going to be a very relevant person to talk about in this game. So it was yeah. Saturday, February 2nd, 2019. The attendance at GMHBA Stadium was 18,429 people, which is awesome. And they were, and they were rowdy. They, they were, were rowdy. So rowdy, particularly late in the game. Well, I think, yeah, I think as, as people got into it, and I think the other thing too is like, so my parents are rowdy at the footy and it took them a while to get going because dad didn't know anyone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but now and I think that's that's a foreign concept for them to to be because they've they followed this team their whole lives. They're in their fifties. They they know every player on the men's list. To be barracking for the Geelong team and be like, who the fuck's that? <laughs> Thomas, who's that? Thomas, who's that? We got a record because Dad's like, I don't know who anyone is. But by the second half, he knew who people were, so he was able to be rowdy. And he loves it now, doesn't he? Doesn't he go and just watch the women train? Uh, so yeah, he was uh, the start of my brother is a runner, and he was training at Deakin University in Geelong, which is where the Geelong Footy Club train. And he just so the men's team were also there. Just just bear this in mind for this story. <laughs> the men's team were training, and the women's team were training together. And Dad just sent a message, being like, "I've just seen Rocky. She looks unstoppable." <laughs> And we were like, I was like, oh, awesome. Are they just there by themselves? Because, oh, no, the men are here too. But, like, that wasn't, that was irrelevant because and Rocky he, looked unstoppable. He took a photo as well, didn't he? He did take a photo, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he's a big fan of Cranston. Who's not? Loves Cranston. He loves Cranston, loves Nina, and uh, loves um, uh, Higgins. I'm well aware of him loving Nina Morrison because he sassed me on Twitter the other day about... He did. Hey, if she hadn't done her knee, she was a smoky. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he's on Twitter as well, anyone. If you want to go and follow Tom's dad, he really likes everything I seem to make. So that's nice for my, he, my self-esteem. Look, if you follow my dad, you'll see him liking a lot of football-based content, making dumb jokes, and then getting incredibly angry at politicians. <laughs> No, it's good because dads really support my work. My dad, your dad, some other dads. Yep. Um, when yep. I when I share posts on Siren, most of the comments are from dads, including oh. including yours. Yeah, and mine. Yep. Um, Does my dad comment on Siren stuff? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever done that. I just tell you, you know, in person. Yeah, and then I pass it on to people in the industry and laugh about it. Um, I'll tell you about that later. Anyway. Oh God. <laughs> you know exactly oh. what I'm talking about. So, this game, first quarter kicks off, and straight away, Nina Morrison is heavily involved in this game. She's watching her play in her... Like, this is her first game. Yeah. You know, and I think I've said this on How Good's Footy, and I may have said this before, but... 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. You know how when you're watching a game of footy and there's a player in every team who when they get the ball as a supporter, you immediately relax? Yep. Because you're like, oh, this is fine. Like... For Adelaide Crows fans, I'm sure it's Aaron Phillips. So, you know, I'm sure that's how you feel when Phillips has the ball. For you as a Melbourne fan, I'm sure it's Paxman when she gets the ball. You're like, oh, Daisy. cool, this is going to be... Daisy this Daisy? year. Dude, yeah, every ev- time Daisy got the ball, I was like, oh, the time has stopped. <laughs> well, see, that's what I mean. So Nina gets the ball and I immediately go, oh, this will be fine. It'll go where it needs to get to. Like, that's okay. Like, another player who's exceptionally good is uh, Purcell. Yeah, this year However, when she gets the ball... I'm like, yeah, she's going to do something really good. Or <laughs> it's not going to work, but she will second effort and make it work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you get a little bit nervous. It's a bit of that, like, um, it's Jimmy Bartel meets, like, a, like Steve Johnson, right? So Jimmy Bartel, he got the ball. You knew, that's okay. It's going to get to where it needs to go. Steve Johnson got the ball. It's like, it's going to get where it needs to go, but it's going to, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> high risk, high reward. And I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love her as a player. Anyway, Morrison yeah. looked like a gun early. Um, uh, this was also the first game with the rule change where the boundary throw-ins came 10 metres in from the boundary as well. And it was yep. also... Um, lasso. Yeah, the lasso rule. Um, the other thing that I've noted before actually talking about play is Meg Mack. Yes. So you mentioned before that she uh, was delisted by the Dogs... Um, and then was part of this Geelong team. She played a year at Darabin in between, and she honed her craft. She worked really, really hard, and that's what got her picked up in this team, and she was an All-Australian. Like, she was unbelievable. And watching this game back, I was like, oh, she didn't even just, like, warm into it. She just came out and destroyed everything. So I remember watching this game, and the only – and again, I was also – I knew the players who I knew. Yep. In terms of, like, the names, players, so, like, Cranston, etc. And I knew Morrison, and I knew Purcell, because they were our top high draft picks that we picked up. Yep. Um, and I knew a couple of others, just from people that around. But, like, 
Meg McDonald was not a player that I knew. <laughs> By the end of that game, I was ready to tattoo the <laughs> number on my chest. She just, she took so many, what, re-watching this, there were so many yeah. passages of play where she is just intercept marking. She saved the game multiple times. Like, yes, the results ends up being because of another player, but we get to that position so many times because of Meg Mac. A hundred percent. And it wasn't just her marking, but the way she switched the ball across the ground to like generate that like score, which is clearly how Paul Hood wanted to play as well. Like pretty much Geelong's whole game plan relied on Meg Mac and it worked. And you, you saw that this year when we didn't have her and we weren't any good. You weren't not just good. Sad. You weren't not good. No, we good. were good. We just were lacking that. Yeah, we were just lacking a Meg Mac. Yeah, you were. We were really good. We should have probably won a couple of games. Yeah, you should have beat Adelaide. Um, yeah. But last year. <laughs> so, uh, so Sophie Alexander marked just inside 50 and kicked it so casually. So for Collingwood, obviously. She kicked yep. it so casually. And this was kind of right in front of where I was sitting. From 50, <laughs> she just kicked it like off two steps and it just sailed through for goal. And everyone was like, what just happened? <laughs> The, it's the breeze. It was crazy, but it was, and this was Sophie Alexander's, I think, first game as well. So it was just she like, gets knocked out later, doesn't she? Yes, by her own teammate, who was uh, also debuting in this game. Shani Layton made her debut in this game. Huh? Yeah. Wow, that's that's good. <laughs> Shani Layton, who will be all Australian this year, um, oh, it has to be. Yeah. Well, she's the only ruck selected in the squad, so. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Geelong's pressure was very good, but it was really living in Geelong's back half. And I think that's where it was like starting to get worrisome for the Cats early because it was just like yeah. they just didn't know how to get it out of their back half unless it was in was Meg Mac's hands. Yeah, there was a bit of that panicky, scrambly stuff on the ball as well. And midfielders were, were just like – and they did that – a young team will do that. They will go to the ball. Yeah. So when it would squirt at the back or it get dispossessed, we just didn't have the numbers running forward. So we're yeah, just structurally it broke down just a little bit. Head. There's a bit of pressure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Not when Neil Morrison had the ball, but when everyone else had it. Yeah. <laughs> um. But also, Sophie Alexander won a free kick about 30 meters out for the Pies again, but she missed. So the Pies were leading by eight points at this point. She then gets another crack almost immediately from about 50 metres out. She snaps it around her body and it sails through 50 metres, 50 meters, but it's inaccurate. So the pies are now up by nine points and everyone's getting a little bit antsy at the ground because it's like it looked like it was just all Collingwood. Well, it did, yeah. Look, I always believe in my girls, but there is that thing of like, we're brand new. Collingwood have had two years in the system. Surely they can't lose three round one games in a row. Oh, but they could. But um, they could. They could. <laughs> but uh, this is the point where I want to mention that we all look... Uh, before re-watching this game, the, the main thing that I thought about this game, other than remembering that Sophie Alexander goal right at the start, was that Nina Morrison was amazing. She had 22 touches and eight tackles, I think, from memory. Um... She was the best on ground, like no one comes near her. Rewatching this game, Maddie McMahon was unbelievable. Oh, she's. It, it was ever. So I've always felt this. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where if you're a, a really good player in a thankless role like defense, yes. and you also happen to have another really good player in the thankless role of defense, 
Uh, the AFL media only have space in their brain for one thankless <laughs> player in defence. Uh, you know, you, you know, you look at like compare the Geelong men's team. Like, if I told you that Corey Enright was underrated because he had to happen to play with Matthew Scarlett, like that's absurd. <laughs> that, that no one, no one, no one thinks about that. But he was so good. Same thing happens here. I think McMahon gets missed because McDonald's so rock solid. Yeah. But this year, I think people got to wake up a little bit because she was the go-to defender for, for much of the year this year. Yeah. And she's actually a really good defender because the reason Meg can get free and intercept and do what she does is because McMahon's such a good lockdown defender. But not only is she a good lockdown defender, she, you know how I spoke before about Daisy Pierce where she gets the ball and time stops. Maddie McMahon has moments where the, the way she's able to use her agility to just get away from congestion is incredible. Yep. And then she hits a target. Like, it's amazing. But the thing was, in this game, because I, and I understand why it had to be like this, but for the commentators to kind of give people context about who this player was, they mentioned that she's a mother of three about 600 times during the course of this game. Did you know Meg, um, Meg, Maddie McMahon's a mother of three? Not until you just told me then. Oh, wow. Is that also how, like, Mike Pike's from Canada? Or Scott Pender, we played basketball. He's a very good basketballer. Did you know? Ah, uh, you know. Do you know Mark Blitzarves is a steeplechaser? <laughs> Did you know that he's Latvian, though? That's less known, but that's a fun fact about him. I'd, I did know he was Latvian. How did you know? Um, you know. Did you know? Because I said uh, that I'm also Latvian and I made a joke about us, about us being related. Uh, no, I think I knew he was Latvian. I mean... I didn't know you were Latvian, but there you go. Really? I needed the commentators to tell me. I'm half Latvian. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, back no, to footy. I'm super Italian. Don't worry about that. Because um, now we get now we get the, the goal. Yes. So the Cats got some strong contested marks down the ground late in the game. So I think it was about three minutes to go. And then Maddie Boyd took a great mark, but then copped a 50-meter penalty from about 50 meters out. And Matty Boyd, fun fact, was the first ever player to play for three different AFLW clubs. Do you want to know another fun fact about Matty Boyd? I know what you're going to say. I used to do what? Oh, no, I thought you were going to say something different. Go on. Oh, no. The fun fact about Matty Boyd is that I used to do dance classes with her sister. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. How's that? That's fun. She also anyway. put her name in the history books by not only being the first player to play at three different AFLW clubs, being Melbourne, GWS and Geelong, she became the first goal kicker for the Cats women's team. Uh, it was a very good... That, that goal would be the most stressful goal in the fucking world, right? Yes. Because she's... Like, she marked it quite a fair ways out, but then they brought her in directly in front about 20 metres, 10 metres out. Yeah. You, like, you could still spray that. A hundred percent you could. I've, I've seen players spray that. We saw Sophie Alexander do it just minutes before. And there's a lot more pressure riding on yeah. the first goal in club history. Yes. Nah, but so, she nailed it though. The crowd response was incredible. Like, I got goosebumps and I'm not a Geelong supporter. I'm getting goosebumps now. <laughs> just you talking about it. I exploded. I stood up. My dad stood up. Which, notoriously, so you guys don't stand up very much. Oh, no, we do. My dad, we do stand up. You can't stand up for every goal because then you get you get dizzy. Because <laughs> then you... Yes, Geelong supporters have the luxury of saying that. Some other... No, no, no. Like, some, some, some goals don't deserve a stand up, all right? 
And sometimes some goals deserve such a stand up, you stand up too quickly and you get dizzy and you have to sit back down immediately. Like the time I <laughs> celebrated so hard at that Nathan Jones goal in that Melbourne final against Geelong that I got dizzy and had to sit down. <laughs> sure, exactly like that. Or like how I got um, so excited by that Tim Kelly goal in against Sydney when we couldn't hit the side of a barn and it kept you in it and then he snapped that one yeah. off the side of his boot. Yeah, I stood up real hard and had to sit back down again. <laughs> um, so, Geelong finally get a, get a goal on the board. And then, Danielle Higgins, who then was Danielle Orr, she almost kicked a, view, a beauty with 20 seconds left, but wasn't quite able to. So, we go into quarter time, Geelong 1-2-8, Collingwood 1-3-9. So, it's super tight. Geelong have been yep. pretty impressive, but it's very anxious moments. Oh, it's, it was stressful because, again, it was like, all right, we're in this, but are we? <laughs> but are we? <laughs> I had to go get another ice cream. Just... Milo ice cream? Yep, this is the best. You should get sponsored by Milo. I should. I eat enough Milo. I've been eating Milo cereal in isolation. Make me feel like I'm on holiday. I have a funny memory with Milo cereal that I'll tell you later. It's not relevant to this. It just came into my mind. It is football related though. Anyway, so we enter the second quarter. Geelong's pressure is very, very good. But Morrison definitely is like head and shoulders above everyone yep. at the start of this quarter. I think it's interesting looking back at this game and then looking at the way we played this year. That pressure thing, like you look at that game against the Suns in mm. particular. The pressure that we put on around the ground... Is, is, is pretty good, actually. There's, We're going to get better every year, and you see the little cogs slot into place, and that missed kick will work. But we've got players now, we love a tackle. We <laughs> love a second effort. And we're also a team that's like, we don't actually, if we, we're also very good at lateral handballs. Yes. Like the amount of times we'll handball across the ground and get it to the fat side, it's like, ah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, Geelong were really good in this game. Like, I... Remember it being a scrap. I remember it being tight and all that sort of stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, it was their first game. I, watching back, like, they were very, very good, particularly at the contest. And I was, like, a little bit shocked that I remembered it so differently to what it actually was. No, I think, yeah, we that was clearly the, the outset was all right. We, we're not going to necessarily beat Collingwood because we don't not have the skill level, but we, we're not there yet. We can match, but we can beat them with pressure. Just sheer pressure. Yeah, and it worked. Um, so, Shani Layton really started to find some wins in the ruck um, at the start of this quarter as well. But then there was a moment in Geelong's forward 50. <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor oh, Shani. No, 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 that's not what I'm going for. That hap- oh, does that happen later? That happens later. Um, in this quarter, <laughs> there's a moment in Geelong's forward 50 where... <laughs> Shani Layton is going up in the ruck against Mia Ray Clifford. <laughs> yep. And I thought yep. that was truly the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, because Clifford's like four foot three. <laughs> She's not a tall player, and Shani is on a, one of the on tallest players. Yeah. Um, She's very tall. Yeah. I saw her in person recently. She's very tall. Yeah. So I just thought that was very funny. But um, Maddie McMahon really came to the fore in this hu- this quarter particularly. Like, if you watch just her play in this quarter, it's unbelievable. Um, but then Geelong are pressuring, pressuring, getting, actually getting more time with the ball in their forward half. And Clifford crumbed an absolute beauty to kick Ge- Geelong's second goal. And it was just like, okay, Geelong are up and about. It was one of those ones where... You can't teach a player how to do that. It's that small forward, off the pack kind of 
I'm in the right spot. It's that Nick Davis. That would, Nick Davis, Ballantyne, Eddie Betts, those kind of forwards in the right spots at the right times. Clifford Vessio is very good at that, that as well. Just being Kate Hoare. Yeah. Um, that I'm here. Purcell decided to only kick those sorts of goals this year. <laughs> that's true, actually. That's very, and she kicked three or four goals and, and actually, they were all like that. Danielle Higgins did the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the Cats were really finding some clean ball movement in this hu- this quarter. And Maddie Boyd ended up winning a free kick about 30 metres out. And she kicked her second goal. So the Cats were up by 11 points at half time. Geelong 3-2-20 to Collingwood's 1-3-9. So they'd had only one more scoring shot. But they were just making so much better use of the ball when they got forward. Yeah. It, it was at that half time, I, not getting cocky or anything or like overtly confident but I remember sitting down eating a mile of ice cream um, <laughs> and just going I feel I feel good I feel good I feel like we're doing the right things I feel like the the players are, are doing the right things at the right times we're hitting the scoreboard which is good yeah um, we looked we look good we look good and Collingwood got dangerous Look like they're about to get a dangerous passage of play. We shut it down, which is really nice to see. Yeah, that was really good. The, like the running pressure to just take them down. Um, so we kick off the third quarter, and almost immediately, Shani Layton destroys Sophie Alexander. Like, kills yeah. her. She killed her. Um, to the point where it took four minutes for Sophie Alexander to be stretched off the ground. I remember watching that, and it was unclear in the collision whether a Geelong player had hit her. And I remember thinking, oh, we're going to lose someone. Someone going to get suspended. Yeah. Which, fun fact, Cranston didn't play in this game either because she'd been suspended from last year. Yeah, you got. I always make the joke to you about you guys managed to recruit the most suspended players in the competition between Phoebe McWilliams, Astor O'Connor, and Rochelle and Cranston. Cranston. <laughs> hey, Cranston has changed this year. Yeah, she no, 100%. She hard. But you just saw at the last second, she didn't put the extra little bit of heat on it. You're right. No, no, she you're did. 100% right. She leveled up this year. Cranston was unbelievable. Asta didn't. Asta did the same thing. <laughs> she was still knocking people firing. Oh, Asta scares me. Um, yeah, so Sophie Alexander. So Carlton, uh, Collingwood, wow. Collingwood are now down a player. Um, Sarah Dargan gathers a clearance. He, she gets it inside 50, and Sarah Darcy takes a really great contested mark. So in this game... Sophie Alexander was kind of the only forward doing anything for Collingwood. And it was like, oh, if she's out, she's gone. who's going to yeah. do it? So Sarah Darcy really stepped up and took this mark. She went back. She kicked Collingwood's second goal. So Geelong are up by five points at this moment. It's that thing too where when you lose a key focal point in attack and you have, you know, a team, like when you lose that focal point, your defensive structure that's like, right, this is the one they're going to. We've got to stop her going to this one. Oh, she's, oh, shit. It's like it's like whenever any time you play a team that had Buddy Franklin in it and Buddy Franklin wasn't was a late withdrawal, mm. you'd almost find that that team would like be a bit unpredictable. Geelong does it every and it's occasionally when Tom Hawkins doesn't play, we get a little bit unpredictable. That first half against Richmond, our goals are coming from all over the place. I just want to second half. I just want to mention because you mentioned Buddy going out late. Um, <laughs> there was a game last year, yes, or year before last year. Uh, where Buddy was a late out, and I tweeted before the game that Jordan Dawson is going to be Sydney's leading goal kicker now. Like, kind of jokingly, kind of not. And Jordan Dawson kicked the first goal of the game, and I had about six people come to be like, how did you know? 
Uh, I thought that was very, very funny. Anyway, so Geelong are up by five points. And then Jamie Lambert uh, tries to clear the ball from a really tight contest. She gets some shin contact with someone and she can barely move her leg. Like she was struggling severely. It looks it looks really bad. She couldn't even I like remember, straighten her leg. It looked like she'd broken it. Oh. Like at the ground, it, it felt like a broken leg because it was like one of those things where someone hit her pretty hard. Mm. She then can't put any weight or straighten her leg out. And you're like, have you broken your leg? Is yeah. it broken? It was Fuck. weird. And like the oh, play, thanks. like she was down and play kept going and they actually fell over her. Yeah, look, <laughs> they're getting there. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever so, it takes, Gemma, whatever it takes. So at this point, it looks like I think that's Essendon's tagline. Um, at this point, it looks like Collingwood are now down two players, and Jamie Lambert is one of their absolute best midfielders as well. So there were there was concern there, and the thing that I noticed uh, about the Cats in this quarter, particularly, was they were really good at drawing two opponents to them before they got that handball release away. So they made sure that they they were getting more opponents focused on them. So that it was a release player, and that's how they were moving the ball really well. Um, two players that are really good at that and are still really good at that, Crockett Grills. Oh, so good. She's so good at just delaying the handball by a second. Mm -hmm. And also has great tattoos. And has the best tattoo in (laughs) AFL history. Um, It is a lemur fishing with a crocodile. (laughs) Um, But yeah, delaying that handball. Morrison's also very good at it. And um, so is Purcell, Mm. which is like, she's hits the, fuck, she's quick. Man, I miss footy. They're so smart. That's the thing. Like, they're really smart footballers. They're not just skillful. They use the skill in the right way. Last season, you got a... Maybe maybe last season it felt like this, and maybe it was a season before, but definitely last season it felt like you got more players who were um, playing football for a lot longer, like the whole way through. So they just... You saw the skill level rise, and I think that happened again this year as more and more younger players come through and it was little things and I think I tweeted this particularly about Geelong this year little things like players making sure when they're in the tackle getting their arms above their head so they can still release the ball and those are natural footballer things more than just athlete things and we saw a lot of that last year but particularly this year Nina Morrison Olivia Purcell and even Sophie Vanderhoevel in the middle they were the ones that I noticed doing it the most yeah Yeah. Vanderhoevel's underrated in that midfield that is the insane thing about Geelong's starting midfield is our best starting midfielder like twenty, no nineteen, nineteen and twenty. Yeah, and then you can just <laughs> randomly throw Rochelle Cranston in there when you need a bit of a boost, like just casually. Yeah. yeah. Oh goodness. Or Becky me. Webster, who's twenty-one or twenty-two. Who, who I gave you a great stat about this year. It was a good stat. It was a great Can't stat. Remember it. It was a great stat. Um, so then we have a Lazarus moment. Yep, she's back. <laughs> so Sarah Darcy marked inside 50. She handballed off to a running Jamie Lambert, who everyone thought was dead already. Um, and Lambert kind of kicks the ball as she's getting knocked over by a Geelong player. It just tumbles towards goal and it goes through and everyone's like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it felt frustrating. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, there's nothing you can do about that. Uh, I thought she was dead. <laughs> Didn't hit her hard enough. <laughs> We're glad she wasn't dead, but... Um, Max Max Rook was in the stands and he was furious. He's like, that's not what I taught you when I was teaching you how to murder people. Oh, goodness me. So Collingwood are now up by two points. 
and it's getting a little bit worrisome and it's three-quarter time. What would you say to the players at three-quarter time in this case? Uh, I would swore... Well, I know we win, don't I? Because I'm from the future. <laughs> I'm from the future also. So I'd be like, hey, guys, don't, don't fucking worry. We got it. <laughs> we're we're going to be... Guys, it's fine. Just go hard. I would say give the ball to Nina Morrison. Well, I would too. But I think, you know, actually, if you're giving a three-quarter time speech at this point, I think it would be like, you know what, just... Just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great stuff. This is your f- you should be so proud of what you've done so far. All these 18,000... There's like a few Collingwood sports, but fuck them. Um, <laughs> and if you win, I'll buy you all a mile of ice cream. <laughs> that would definitely be the reason they got over the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we enter the final quarter. Geelong worked to get the ball on the outside, I noticed, whereas Collingwood were very much trying to just lock the game down. So Collingwood were trying to tackle hard, make sure the ball doesn't exit anywhere, whereas Geelong were trying to get it to their outside runners because they did have that outside speed, and that's the way they want to play, I think, as well, is getting it, like, uh, slingshotting it. Um, So it was really kind of a juxtaposition of styles. I think think, um, also Collingwood were doing that thing where it did feel like watching it early on, Collingwood had gone, right, we're in front, stay in front. Yeah. They were defending the lead Just instead of trying front. to win. Yeah. And uh, look, that's why they bloody lost. <laughs> I mean, there's also other reasons. Uh, so the scores were tied with 12 minutes remaining. And it kind of is just this huge arm wrestle for so long and it feels like the game goes forever because it's just like you're so tense the whole time. And then... Oh, my back hurts. Oh, uh, it was... But also, but also the amount of times during this arm wrestle that Collingwood would get a bit of a breakaway and start to go in and Meg Mac would save the day. Yes. Uh. Constantly. Just marks, punching the ball, rundowns, just putting pressure on people. She was awesome in this in these sort of 10-minute patch in the last quarter. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And then Geelong get it forward. Nina Morrison is tackled without the ball with three and a half minutes remaining. She's almost right in front of goal, but it's a pretty tricky angle. But she's really close in. Yep. And so she's lining up in her debut game, the number one draft pick. Oh. She was going to save so the she, day. What, she, well, she does save the day, Gemma. Don't give I'm it away. Shooting. Oh. <laughs> I mean, people could look us up. They could pause <laughs> this and go and check the scores. Or they were there. Uh, or they were there like, like we were. Uh, she... Was gonna, you know what she thought as she was running in? She was like, "Oh, it'd be good to like do like a Gary Ablett senior or a, you know a, a Billy Brownless and kick guy for the siren." Do you know what I'm gonna do though? I'm gonna do a plugger. I'm gonna kick a point. <laughs> the best player I'm do of a all. Jimmy of them. Bartell, the sweetest point, the sweetest behind he'd ever kick. Yeah. What? What was? That's what she says, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, so she lines up. It seems like a fairly easy shot, and this is coming from someone who's not that good at footy, but it seems like a fairly easy shot. Oh, no, no way. So much pressure. Yeah, the pressure, but in terms of the angle and how far she had to kick it... She actually made it harder by hitting the post. (laughs) So, yeah, she runs in, she hits the post. So Geelong are up by one measly point and three and a half minutes left on the clock. Now, see... I don't know how much time is left because I am there. As same as you. We don't know how much time's left. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm dying. <laughs> so 
it, it was like Geelong turned into Collingwood. They just turned their tackle pressure up to 11. It helped waste time. But then, as Collingwood is surging, Astro O'Connor takes the ball out of the ruck with 45 seconds left. It's in Collingwood's forward 50. She takes it out of the ruck, tries to just kick the ball clear, and in doing yep. so, kicks it out of bounds on the full. Yep. And gave Collingwood the perfect chance to hit up a target inside 50 and have a shot at goal. Yeah. It was the right play, though. O'Connor does that a bit when we're down and there's a bit of a thing in a ruck shot. I'm just get the ball and just... Because she's a massive kick. Yeah, yeah, but... I think she's a, one of the biggest kicks we've got. That's great when you kick the ball in the field of play. But she kicked it I feel like, directly I feel like out on the full. That, that wins the game here. I think it feels like you're shitting on my memory. <laughs> No, it was just so stressful. I was like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? Yeah, look, it, uh, so one thing I will say in that, again, in that three minutes, if you thought Meg McDonald had been huge in the 10 minutes before that, holy shit, should have seen her in those last three. <laughs> yeah, so Collingwood was surging, but their inability to hit up, a, hit, up, hit up a target inside 50 from that kick, it was Steph Kiyochi taking the kick, Um was it's normally a very nice kick too. Yeah, but she was. It was a good kick. Geelong's defense was just so good, and so I mean, you were flooded back there, but the you shut it down, didn't let it happen. So for forty five seconds, Geelong just scrambled, did not let the ball move forward, and in doing so, won the game by one point. And the crowd absolutely lost oh. their shit. Oh, I was so. I'm getting. Oh boy, I'm getting <laughs> excited. Just in here. <laughs> oh, that was so good. So good. Watching them celebrate, like the players celebrate, like almost made... I'm a robot. We know this. Um, but it almost made me emotional watching the players celebrate, even though I don't go for this team. But it was just like, I got em- so good. I got emotional just then. <laughs> I nearly cried just then. Yeah, but you're Reliving not- the feeling that I felt watching that game. It was just beautiful. Ben McDonald, I'm pretty sure, had like four like knock-on possessions in the space of 30 seconds too in that last passage of play. Yeah, like diving at the ball, like supermanning into screen. Oh. <laughs> it was so good. It was so... Our first game in history is fucking awesome. It is, yeah. I mean... E- empirically. Yeah, I agree. Maybe not for Collingwood supporters, but for everyone else, yes. That's a close game. I'll get over it. They didn't, though. They lost the next two. Hey, they helped keep my team in the finals last year. Let's not talk about that. Conferences yeah. are my enemy. Man. I uh, <laughs> Melbourne, I was joking with someone about this earlier today. I'll tell you who later. Um, Melbourne <laughs> notoriously don't make finals based on technicalities, right? Yes, yes. They finally made the finals this year <laughs> and then the season was abandoned. <laughs> so technically they didn't make the finals on another technicality. Uh, I love them so much, and it's just heartbreaking every single time. <laughs> you know, they're the team that's won the most home and away matches of any yep. team. <laughs> they still have. Oh, Melbourne. Not I- as weird as Frio being undefeated and not playing in a grand final. I love Frio a lot as well. You know this. Hey, <sighs> I'm, on, I'm on both Frios this year now that Ross ain't there. I'm, I'm on both. <laughs> I like the women's team a lot more than men's, but I also love Luke Ryan, so... I do. The women's team are great. The, the women's team have one of my favourite 
you know what? I think she's one of my favorite players outside of outside uh, of Geelong. I thought you were going to say the thing that you said last time you were on this show. Which was? Love and Tackles. Oh, love and Tackles. Well, they have that going for them as well. Yeah. Um, since saying that, a whole bunch of people just every now and again will just like message me on Twitter <laughs> an article about them. <laughs> uh, no, That's good. It means people actually, listened. It's, it means people listen, so that's good. The other one I love is, um, is I, like, you know, Carabao's is great, whatever. Do you know who is the best whatever. footballer's... <laughs> do you know who is the best footballer's footballer in the comp? Roxy Roo. She plays for Freya. No. Roxy Sabrina R- Duffy. Oh, yeah, she's great. There is... The things that she does are not things that you train to do. No. You just have to know how to do them. She knows how to get to where she needs to get. She has absurd leg speed off, like... Two meters. I spoke to um, I spoke to I uh, interviewed their coach Trent Cooper for Siren a few weeks ago now, and I mentioned her and the fact that the week before, her first six touches were all scoring shots in the game that we were talking about, and I asked him if that was true, um, to start the conversation, and he said, oh, probably, she just. She, I don't know. It was a soccer background kicking in. She just was at the goals all the time, and I was like, okay. <laughs> so I think even he's baffled by the way she plays. Oh, I love it so much. Anyway, yeah, let's talk about my team. Well, they won, and they went on to make finals based on a conference system. But this was definitely the season highlight. Oh no, nah, the win against Brisbane was pretty fucking good. We smashed them. Yeah, but I think this had more emotion attached to it. Do, do you know what? Actually, yeah, this was great. This was at home. Uh, in front of 18,000 people. Crowd got up and about. There's that uh, There's that photo that was taken. Yes, um, actually. Of Georgie Rankin. Georgia Rankin. I wanted to mention that. To the crowd. I wanted to mention that because it's such a famous photo now. She wasn't supposed now. to be playing. She wasn't supposed to be playing. She was a late into the side. She played a yep. really important role. And then this photo was taken afterwards. And she was actually Phoebe McWilliams' replacement for this game as a late in. It was incredible. It's a pretty good story. It's a good photo too. It's, so it's her coming over to the sidelines and there's three young girls just losing their heads and it's like, that's what women's footy is. Yeah, it, that's making me emotional actually more than the result. Yeah, build a fucking statue of that. <laughs> Don't become one of them. No, no, no. I'm not one of I'm not... No, no, no. I like. I think that photo... I think the, fo- the, 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 the photo is a great photo, but I think that photo is... If you want a if you want a distillation of why women's footy is important, it's the photo of her walking to the boundary line and those three kids. Yeah, so happy to see her and being like, "I'm going to play footy." Yeah, it's amazing. Should we end it on that positive note? I think we should. That feels good. It feels like a good spot to end it. My team's just won a game. <laughs> You're going to go back and rewatch another game now, aren't you? Uh, maybe, or maybe, uh, maybe I'll eat some more hot cross buns. Who knows? You, I'm at home. I could do whatever the hell I you want. You could do both. Maybe I'll go for a late night walk because I haven't been for one today. I haven't been for a walk today either. I've been uh, on many of these chats. I've done many fun interviews today, actually, that I'm very keen to uh, release. Oh, like this one, obviously. This one's been great. I love talking about women's footy. Same. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Where can people find you online if they want to follow you slash chat to you? Uh, so don't, you don't want to, um, <laughs> but if you do, if you do, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my handle is the same. It is at awkward trade. Um, follow me on Twitter. I'll t- I, you'll see me talking about footy. Follow me on Instagram. You'll see me baking bread and taking photos of my cat. Your, your, your cat is funny. Didn't you catch her from falling? 
Yeah, she was sitting on the couch the other day and she fell asleep. And as she fell asleep, she slid off the couch. And I caught her before her head hit the fucking hardwood floor. <laughs> Nothing. Didn't wake up. Didn't give me like a thanks for catching me, chief. Just went back to sleep. I would do that. Just didn't even wake up. Just continued to sleep rather. Good on her. Anyway. Yeah, she's a hero. Amazing. So, um, so yeah. awkward treat. Or they can find you at How Goods Footy, right? Oh, yeah. Find us at How Goods Footy. Like I said, uh, How Goods Footy is on uh, iTunes. Um, it is part of the Sans Pants radio podcast network there's that there's a heap of other shows as well if you just like podcasts that's the only sports podcast though if you are interested in sport but there's a heap on gaming on uh, there's books on pop culture just on comedy there's all sorts of good stuff on there so yeah you know, check it out awesome um thank you yeah. so much for chatting for chatting and working out how to use technology hey i'm 85 <laughs> you really are though <laughs> yeah i'm I'm ha- I'm pretty, so I don't. <laughs> well, your nickname is Handsome Tom. See, I don't even know how to use technology. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of I See It But I Don't Believe It. We'll be back again next week. Like, rate, review, do all that stuff wherever you listen to podcasts because you know that helps us out a lot. Um, also, keep checking out Siren at Women in Sport Collective. We're doing a lot of great stuff over there, even while sport is shut down. Um, Tom has been a very big supporter of Siren. Yeah, just I'm gonna reiterate that Siren's fucking great. Get on us, D- get on that. Haggis Footy's not doing anything, so get onto them. And they are like a lot more factual than anything <laughs> I've ever produced. So, nah, sorry, they're really good. The newsletters are fantastic, and they will fill the sporting void in your heart. That's what we're trying to do for sure. Um, yeah, we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye. <laughs>